that's what Sarah Dustin and, and Judy Bloomton prepare me for. Um, was how much coming of age you do in your twenties. And I think that you think that when you are 20 or 21 in this case, um, you've got it figured out and you don't, you're a baby no. still. Yeah, Calm down. An infant, a freaking infant. Date him uh, a little longer. See how yeah. you feel. Yeah. yeah. Do you even like boys? Think about that too. Yeah. Think about that. Welcome to Hate Spinnerbait, a Sarah Dustin podcast, um, where we hate spinnerbait, but we do love a good Volkswagen convertible. Um, I'm Bethany, uh, one of your lovely hosts for the Sarah Dustin book club. Uh, joined with me today is... I'm Michael Ann. I don't know what I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> um, We're off to a great start. Um, <laughs> this so is, we are a two millennial women who... Um, grew up reading Sarah Dessen, and now that we are, um, we are no longer in the category of young adults. We are just, we are proper adults now. So, um, we thought it'd be really fun to go back and read in chronological order all of her novels. Um, some of them I'm super familiar with. I've read them a ton. Other ones, like the novel we're discussing today, her first one, um, I read probably like once or twice back in the day and didn't read until, like read again until recently. Um so yeah, get get cozy, everyone. This is a book club. We're here to share thoughts and feelings. Um, today we are discussing that summer, um, but we did want to discuss a little bit about how we how we got here. Michael Ann, how did you become a a Sarah Dessen fan? Well, I was a pretty sheltered kid. I had one TV in my house in the living room and very strict parents. So if it wasn't Lizzie McGuire, I wasn't watching it. Um, so I did a lot of reading and I remember just picking up a Sarah Dessen book in Barnes and Noble and then realizing I need to read all of these. Um, but personally, it's been a long time since I've picked up a Sarah Dessen book, probably mm -hmm, since mm -hmm. I was like 14 or 15 and I'm 30 now. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I feel like I'm beginning to kind of relate to the mothers. Like back in the day, I was like, this bitch, she doesn't understand. Now I'm like, listen to your mother. Um, I'm so like, I think I'm, I'm officially an adult. Do you remember what your first Sarah Dustin novel was that you read? Can you recall? I have no idea. I really don't know. <laughs> I, no, no clue. I might have um, this one because I vaguely remember it, but only in the vaguest sense. Yeah, so that, that makes sense that it could have been your first. My first novel of uh, of Miss Dessen, Mrs. Dessen, I don't know. <laughs> Sarah, we're close. We'll call her Sarah. Um, she, she she's great. She's a friend of the show. 
Um, my first uh, novel is, spoiler alert um, for a few episodes from now, but my first novel that I ever read of hers was The Truth About Forever, which to this day is still my favorite um, novel of hers. And yeah, that's how I was introduced. Actually, I, um, much like you, I think I was in a Barnes and Noble. I was about, I want to say 13. I was trying to think today, actually, because I knew we would be recording this. Um, I was trying to think about what exact year it was. So I can remember exactly how old I was, but I want to say it was the summer, like going into eighth grade, but it may have been the summer of like, I had just finished eighth grade. I was about to go into ninth grade. I'm not positive, but give or take 12 or 13. Um, I was on my way. I picked up a book cause I always liked having like a book on vacation and we were going to North Carolina. And, um, I, at the time did not know Sarah Dessen's connection to North Carolina. I just picked up the books. I liked the cover, the cover, and I liked the um, summary on the back. And I actually ignored it like the entire time I was on vacation because I was too busy having fun. And I was like, I'm going to take this book on the beach and I'm going to read it. And then I never did. Um, and so it was actually on like maybe the second to last day of vacation, I finally was like, oh, yeah, I like packed this book and I bought it and I haven't read it. Um, and I started reading it. I read like a little bit. And then it was on the drive back home to Florida that I read the entire thing and like a sitting. And I remember we were getting really, really close to home. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I was so invested. And I'm like, I have like just a little bit left and we're going to get home. And I like don't want to get out of this like book bubble. And so we get in and like have to unpack. And I like rush to my bedroom. I was like, bye. So I could like finish the last like two chapters. Um, and then I, I was hooked ever since. So actually, even though chronologically, that summer was the first one that came out. I think it was maybe like my fourth book that I read of hers. I can't say for certain. Um, but yeah, I was a, I was the truth about forever girl. And then I inevitably was like, okay, I'm going to go and look at her back catalog. And I inevitably found my way to this lovely book that we were discussing today. Um, but yeah, that's all history about us and how we, got attached um to give a little little history about Sarah Dessen which I did try to look into this if anyone knows feel free to let me know um as I was kind of rereading this book I was thinking about some of her other novels and she gives off younger sibling vibes um but I I don't know if she has siblings honestly I cannot find that and I don't know if she's the youngest, but I want to say I feel like she has to be a younger sister because so many of her books, they are the younger sibling, um, the younger sister. And being the youngest of three girls, I feel like she portrays that so well. So I just, in my mind, I feel like she is a younger sister, but I'm not sure. Um, I do know that she grew up in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Great place. And um, her parents were both uh, professors at UNC, University of Chapel Hill or the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, my apologies. And um, she did inevitably follow in their footsteps for a while after she became a published author. She did uh, teach creative writing at UNC for a while. Um, inevitably, once she had a kid and also obviously her full-time job as being an author, she did step down from that role. Um, but she still resides in Chapel Hill with her husband and her daughter and her dog. And they seem like they have a great life. Um, she loves UNC basketball a lot. She loves... Um, loves the state of North Carolina. All of her books are, are basically based in like fictional towns that are either are like Chapel Hill or like fictional, like Carolina beach towns. Um, which I really like as someone who has spent a lot of time there. Um, 
but yeah, she uh, basically uh, was a working at a place called the Flying Burrito um, after she graduated college um, to pay the bills and was writing. And then in 1996, uh, this book was published and it's been history ever since. She's been on the, the bestseller list for um, many years. <laughs> wow. Wow. That is great. I have never, I've never been uh, to a Carolina beach myself. It's, it's a good time. I spend, um, my family and I go to the coast, the East coast of North Carolina. Um, every other year we tend to frequent either Curry or Topsail. Um, I was pronouncing, I'm sorry to anyone who might be listening from the great state of North Carolina. I realized for many years I was mispronouncing Topsail. I thought it was pronounced Topsail because that's how it's like phonetically spelt. And one day we realized after we'd been staying there for years that we'd been pronouncing it wrong all along. So I now have been corrected by true North Carolinians and I know that it is pronounced Topsail. Um, it's a lovely place, but yeah, we like Wrightsville Beach, Cary, uh, Surf City, Carolina Beach, all that's like very, uh, near each other. So if you go about 20, 30 minutes in either direction, you can go in those. Um, so be very Colby-esque, um, which we'll be getting to in, in other novels. Um, but we, I've spent a lot of time in that area, which is very close to Wilmington, North Carolina, which I've also spent a lot of time in. And then um, I'm very fortunate that I spent a lot of time in like the Raleigh-Durham-Chapel Hill Triangle, um, which is, is really great because I actually... In my reread of that summer, I read it on the train um, up to basically visit a friend that lives in Durham. So right by Chapel Hill. And I did go over. I always um, have my eyes peeled and hope that like one day I'll just run into her out on the streets of Chapel Hill. It has not happened. I have spent many, I, I joke around, I have uh, two of my good friends went to UNC. So I got them hooked on Sarah Dustin novels because I was like, oh my God, is this author? And she like teaches there. Or she taught there. And, um, if you're going to live, like you have to read her books. So I got them into her novels before they both went to college and then they became hooked. Um, she does a lot of signings obviously in the area. So they have both met her, uh, you know, a few times and, um, uh, essentially I joke around that my alma mater is university of Florida, but my honorary alma mater is, uh, the university of North Carolina because I spent a lot of good college memories um, there as well. Uh, you know, Sarah Dustin worked as a, as a server. Um, and there is, there's some good, there's a lot of good female friendships in Sarah Dustin novels, which we stand. Um, and that's actually how we met. We both worked at a restaurant together, um, in Orlando. And, um, I was pretty certain Michael Ann hated me for a long time, but then I just realized she's from the Northeast and she's <laughs> kind of hates everyone um until you give her a reason to like her and then I was like oh my god okay she thinks I'm cool all right I'm like I'm good (laughs) yeah a lot of people feel that way about me um I also just have resting bitch face and like chronic social anxiety so and just to give everyone context the restaurant we worked in um wasn't like you know someplace you go to with your parents on the weekend it's like a two-story, I mean, how many seats are in there? Like 1,500 or something like that? At least like 900, yeah. Like a big, like this is not like a mom, this is not where Sarah Dustin was working in like no. Chapel Hill, North <laughs> yeah. Carolina. Like this is a high volume Orlando touristy, like super crazy 
all you servers out there who are used to, you know, like being in the weeds, like you were weeded constantly kind of venue. Um, and there was also like, again, it's not a mom and pop place. So there was like a lot of employees. Um, so it's one of those things that like for the longest time, you wouldn't even know your coat. Like you're like, oh yeah, I like kind of know that person. What's their name? Like you'd have to like look at their name tag to remember who they were. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of like, yeah, I tell people all the time up here, like me and Bethany both met our husbands there. Yeah. And it, really, it worked out for us. I uh, worked with my soon to be husband for a year without ever really talking to him. Or exactly. Him. <laughs> yeah. I would you like, I, and then I'm the opposite because my husband, um, trained me so I actually knew him on like one of the very first days and because there were so many people and it was so overwhelming he was like one of the first people I was like well I know his name like and again he has like the most average American white boy name like his name is Mike okay so it's like it's not hard but um I was like I know his name he was nice to me when he trained me so if like the first couple weeks like when you have questions or you're like nervous to talk to someone he was someone I would go to but um, it actually wasn't until like months later when he like added me as a friend on Facebook and I like happened to like see him post something about Star Wars that we like really started talking. And it wasn't just like, do you think it's going to be busy today? Like <laughs> conversations or like, how do you bring this into the POS? But yeah, like it's crazy. Like you can, like the people you end up connecting with and for like what reason, like I remember one day we were upstairs because again, it's like a two-story venue. You're upstairs. And again, like this is at the time where I was like, I know this girl, but like, I think she probably hates me. I'm not sure. And we were talking about um, old job, like horror stories and stuff. And you like said something to me and I was like, oh, I think she thinks I'm okay. All right. (laughs) I don't have to worry. She talked to me. Like, I think we're cool. Um, Yeah. When you first started there, you started there a couple, like not that much longer after me. And um, I was in a pretty bad relationship. So I wasn't even social with people. So I I think a lot of people thought I didn't like them. That's That's fair. It's the Northeast in me, I think. Yeah. (laughs) As you said. And then... Yeah, like I got to the point where like I would point that out to people because like new people would start and they'd be like, I think this girl hates me. And I'm like, that's just Michael. I'm like, nah, she's, <laughs> no. just, she's just from Boston. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm like, she's going through something. She's all right. She's fine. Oh, she's God. fine. <laughs> that's, <sighs> yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much. Yeah. And then that's golly, I guess almost like six years ago now. Yeah, six years ago. Yeah. And yeah, we were like young, wide-eyed 20-somethings, and now we're in like a whole new decade of our life, kind of maybe better off. I don't know. No, we are. (laughs) We're both. um, I love her future husband. He's a good egg, and uh, she's thriving, and I'm trying my best to thrive, and we're doing great. So y'all, it gets better. (laughs) Am I thriving though? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't Still know. Still working on those mommy issues. Just like I Sarah feel yeah. herself. I uh, I feel better. You know, sometimes I'm like, man, I really suck. And then I'm not gonna lie. Like reading some good old like coming of age young adult, I'm like, no, but like me at that age, like this book, the protagonist is 15, and I'm like, man, I'm thriving. Like 30 year old me is like doing so much better than 15 years in which, holy crap, I'm old. Um. Oh my god! I'm 15 years older than this protagonist, but it's fine. 
Um, she's doing her best. I also, some of these names I was like reading, which I also kind of was like doing a little look-see over some of the book this morning. And I'm like, I don't like, am I pronouncing these right? I hope I am. Like their last name. I'm like Mc, McPhail, McPhil. I don't even know. I don't um, think I ever tried. But that's, you know, it's like one of those things. I'm like, I've only read this. <laughs> like, am I, if I say this out loud, will I sound dumb? I don't know. Probably. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, let's take a little time machine back. It's 1996. Sarah Dessen too is, you know, um, she's, she's working that, that server life and writing this book by day, this book, um, which actually starts with the poem that it was inspired by. She was inspired by this poem by, forgive me as I look up his name. It's in literally the novel. Um, Dane Romain Powell. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. If I'm not, I apologize, sir. Um, but it is uh, called At Every Wedding, Someone Stays Home. And this book does kind of revolve around, it starts with a wedding and it ends with a wedding. So it's book ended with weddings. Um, something the two of us know a lot about recently <laughs> as someone who was recently married in the past year and as someone who is about to be married in the upcoming year. Um, yeah, that's one thing. I think when I first read this novel, I kind of thought her older sister was like a real bitch. And then I was like, you know, I feel for Ashley a little bit more now. <laughs> yeah, I, there was so many sections where it's like, you're obviously supposed to read this like she's being a bitch. And I was like underlining it, like could not relate more to these <laughs> feelings. Like, I'm like, uh, you know what, Ashley, your feelings are valid and you're going through a lot. Also, also the first like time I read this, I was probably like 13 years old, 13, 14 years old. And 21 seems so old and so cool. And I was like, of course she's engaged to be married. And now I'm like, you're a fetus child. Why are you? No, no. Sure, this is fine, I guess. But like, like, it's it's time. Like, we're we're getting married. Everything's normal. And I'm like, you're 21 years old. Like, you just are allowed to legally drink in the United States. Like, get out of here, Ashley. Which again, you know, it's 1996, um, to be clear. So you know, people were getting married younger back then. But yeah, as a as a true millennial who got married like a week before her 30th birthday and for everyone out there wondering, no, it was not because I was one of those girls who was like, oh my God, I like can't, you know. Uh, I have to get married in my 20s. I would have been A-okay getting married 30, 31, 35, 40, honestly. Um, but at any age. But um, it just happened to be that way because I liked th- the date and I was like, I could be on my honeymoon for my 30th birthday and that would be fun. And you know what, y'all? It, it was fun. fun. Yeah. My 30th birthday was lame as hell. Well, no, it wasn't. It was actually really fun. I'm being very rude, but it was just like in Albany, not nothing crazy. Um, but, oh gosh, I don't even know what I'm going to do for a honeymoon. Oh my God. That, see, that's the part I enjoyed planning. The wedding, there were parts of the wedding I enjoyed. But overall, the honeymoon was way more exciting to me. I was like, where can we go? And then, you know, I got married in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. So it limited my options a little bit. Um, but I still went somewhere really cool. We went to Hawaii and we had a really good time. And my birthday was amazing. And my honeymoon slash, you know, our honeymoon um, was amazing. But yeah, 
but it just it did just so happen that I got married. But yeah, I was like, I got married at 29, basically 30. Because again, I'm gonna say 30 because it was a week before my 30th birthday. And this girl is getting married at uh at 21. That's I will be insane. 31 at my wedding, so I am a full 10 years older than she is. Honestly, thriving. What a great time to get married, I think, at 31. And you know, she's like doing makeup in Dillard's, which I respect. Um, also, I feel like in 1996, honestly, even when I read this, that did seem like a really cool job. Um, and now, actually, it seems like a pretty cool job. <laughs> um, but I'm like, how much does that like pay? I don't know. How much in 1996 did that pay? I wonder. But anyways. Um, so, actually, speaking of 1996, I thought we'd go through some 1996 facts. Please, so, hit me with it. First thing I'm doing, first thing I just looked at, curious, is how much rent, how much the median monthly rent oh was. God. And um, you will how much be, am I depressed. About to be depressed. Oh, very, very. So I, it looks like we only have stats from 1990 and 1995 on this website anyway. But okay. 1990, $477. Uh, in 1995, $523. I really wish everyone could see my face right now because I literally just made like an audible, like, like I made the, oh, face. Um yeah, I'm sad now. <laughs> you know yeah. what? You could get married at 21 then because like that was what the cost of living was. And that was like, yeah, you could plan a wedding and go like live off on your own on like a makeup counter salary. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think that's the case these days, sadly, but it should no. be. Damn it. Should be. Yeah. Should be. $1,000 in 1995. Or let's see. Seventeen thousand dollars an hour is in nineteen ninety five. Oh Jesus Christ! I cannot do this. It's like I'm. Oh, nineteen ninety five. Here we go. Seven thousand five hundred and thirteen is now equivalent to seventeen thousand three hundred and twelve. That is insane. So That's yeah, insane. Things I'm were different back then. Um, better maybe financially. I don't know. I'm moving in with my mother in law. People, so money is. T- money money is a it's a real uh yeah it really depresses me the cost of living is unfair not to be a, a real millennial about this right now but we're just gonna be real millennials about this what a time to have lived in 1996 I mean I yeah. did but I was like five <laughs> so it was a little bit different um yeah I will say I think that's a good there are certain things about this book that it's a little bit dated like obviously but overall like I read it you know read it today like read it you know in this present day time and I was like yeah like there's still a lot that I mean like things like a 21 year old getting married is very crazy to us um but there is a lot of things like I feel like she does a good job of it being like certain circumstances in her novels you're like oh someone would have had a cell phone like this wouldn't have been an issue but overall like a lot of things like don't seem super dated at the beginning of it like her mom's like listening to a tape and that's like obviously a little dated um there's like certain you know mentions of things like that like old technology that you're like oh yes this came out in 1986 but overall I feel like it doesn't date itself too much like it's pretty timeless so just some yeah I agree so just some except for the mall well yeah that lots of Uh, malls in these novels which again at the time would have been yeah different 
So just some other quick facts. Uh, the top song in 1996 was Don't Speak by No Doubt. Aha, uh -huh. jam. Hells yeah. It says the most famous person in America was probably Lance Armstrong. So yeah, we have come a long way. We, we've come a long way. We've had some different opinions since then. Yeah, yeah things have happened. Um, the minimum wage in 1996 was $4.75 per hour. It's still pretty much that. Just no, it's gone up, but not <laughs> like, really. Seriously, like barely. And uh, a big event that happened in 1996 was the passing of Tupac Shakur and mm. John Benet Ramsey. Oh yes, that was just you couldn't go to a grocery store without seeing about John Benet. That's that's the world that. Sarah Dustin was living in when she wrote this novel, just to make that clear, everyone. That's wild. I 26. I like that's really also that makes me feel like I'm not thriving as uh as someone who has not published multiple novels in her 20s. But that's it's fine. It's fine. We can't we can't all be uh we can't all be published at 26. I think that's that's a good like that's a fun fact like you know the the 27 club for musicians i feel like a lot of coming of age authors get their first book published at 26 and i'm way past that so Same. sorry mom i guess i'm not gonna be a famous author after all neither <laughs> well you know what? it's fine we're thriving it's we fine. are thriving um i work in tech now don't know yeah. why so like you're don't a big deal um other fun fact about 1996, not really fun for most people, but for me, when I think of 1996, um, for me, that's the first year that the Florida Gators won a football national championship. So it was a big deal. <laughs> so that's my, right. that's my tidbit for everyone. Um, so, notable differences about good, me and Bethany. Times. Bethany grew up in Florida. I grew up in Boston. Bethany likes sports. I couldn't be any less interested. Except These for the are the These are all very true, true points. I love a good, uh, I am a big college football girl. So yeah, I, you know, we might, when we talk about certain years, you might just get to hear some fun facts about the Florida Gators. No one will care but me. <laughs> Somebody might who's listening. Somebody might. For my mother, who will probably listen and is also a big Gator fan, she'll be like, yes, we did win the Aww. national championship that year. Shout out Hi, to mom. your mom. Hey, mom. Big shout out to her mom. We speaking of mothers, can I? I'm just gonna briefly flip to page. We're on the second page of the very first Sarah Dessa novel. Okay, y'all, and this is gonna be a running theme. We're gonna we're gonna play spot the mommy issues. Honestly, um, here we go. I found it. I knew that nervous feeling so well, even at 15, the spilling uncontrollability that my mother brought out in me. Literally, that sentence, like, right, that whole paragraph, honestly, is about her kind of relationship with her mother, which I'm impressed, honestly, debut novel, second page, how in, like, a sentence you kind of already get what her, what Haven, our uh, protagonist's um, relationship is with their mother. I think that's a very well done, uh, you know, sentence there, well done line. Um, but, yeah, this is going to be a recurring theme in these novels, some very complicated mommy issues, which I live for and again very complicated younger sibling vibes and mm -hmm. um i just really feel i need to know someone out there tell me if you know that sarah dustin has older siblings please let me know um because i just think she pulls off the younger sibling thing very well yeah but yeah that's 
right there. It's just, it's a good line. It, it sets up so well what you're going to kind of get out of their relationship. Um, that whole paragraph, honestly, you know, the whole kind of metaphor she uses with the tether. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have that underlined as well. Yeah, that's a good, that's good stuff right there. That's quality. But yeah, she has a very complicated relationship with everyone kind of in her family. Her, um, you know, this is the, the title pretty much sums it up. This is the summer where I think obviously she very much comes of age and kind of realizes that, you know, how she remembers certain things like Peely with a little bit of a, a rose tinted glasses on and, and she's kind of realizing, you know, the, the realness of stuff. Um, but yeah, there's definitely some complicated relationships, uh, you know, feelings that she has for her mother, for her father, um, her new stepmother, her sister, um, and those all kind of come to light. And I'm just impressed that page two, like you kind of already, you tied right on into it. <laughs> I was actually really impressed by this book, um, because as I said, I'd read this so long ago, I really didn't remember anything about it. Um, and really what this book is about is, you know, the cover, the cover I have has a couple holding each other on the beach mm. um, in an embrace. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's not what this book is about. No. Literally at all. <laughs> literally at all. This is, no. a, a lot of Sarah Dessen's novels are obviously about, you know, summer love, about love. And this book is about love, but it's not, like, it's not about a relationship really. Like, or not in that way, I guess. Um, and I think that's kind of possible. Like it is, and yeah, I'm just kind of amazed. Again, I think not everyone obviously knows Sarah Dustin, but people that are aware of her, her products, I think they probably kind of pigeonhole her as that kind of like, oh, she writes about, you know, like, you know, whatever Taylor Swift songs could be put in. It's, it's all about that high school love and whatever. And yes, that is often the case, but I am impressed that her debut novel, like literally is not really about, like, it's not about like finding a romantic love. And I was thinking about just quickly reading the first sentence because I feel like the first sentence of a book is so important. Yes. Um, I'm a big first I'm sentence and a big last sentence person. So the first sentence, technically, if we're not going to count this italicized little uh, thing in the beginning, mm. is the day my father got remarried, my mother was up at 6 a.m. defrosting the refrigerator. And one thing I really like about this book is the um, observation of the mother's growth, you know, post-divorce and versus the father. I made a lot of notes about that. Um, that we could, that we'll get into in the later on, but I feel like a lot of this story was about divorce more so than anything else. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I think this is one hundred percent. Yeah, the start of the novel. I think she says it's been about a year and a half ago that like the father came home from the news station. Her father is a sportscaster. He ends up um, falling in love and basically having a, a, an affair. Um, with the weather pet or the weather girl, um, the weather pet is the, is the mother's term for his new wife. Um, and so it's interesting because it starts essentially about a year and a half after this family has kind of been torn apart. Um, but I think the marriage is kind of that like nail in the coffin 
And so it's really, I think, like, that's what this novel, yeah, is about, is is everyone in this family officially coming to terms with it. Because, again, it's not, you know, the day that your parents sit you down and are like, we're getting a divorce. Like, that's not, like, the day you come to terms with it. That isn't the day. Like, that's, you're in shock and whatever. And, and this novel is really kind of about, you know, what life was like before the divorce and now this very definitive after and um, everyone, the mother, uh, both, you know, both the girls, both daughters, all kind of coming to, even in a certain way, the father kind of coming to terms with the fact that he did split up this family. Um, so, yeah, I think literally you, you kind of set up in that first sentence, like what we're dealing with. Um, his father's getting remarried. The mother is up at 6 a.m. She's defrosting the refrigerator. It's it's super simple, but it, it literally sets up, I feel like, so much of what, <laughs> so much about what's about to happen and, and, and the mother's kind of personality um, mm-hmm. about all of it. And, and I do feel like in that first chapter, you know, because her mom has essentially been invited by her soon to be stepmother to this wedding, which is very weird. And obviously the mother does not feel comfortable about doing it, but Haven kind of says, you know, that she ends up realizing like why her sister because her sister's kind of like, well, you know, she, you were invited. Like it would be rude for you, you know, not to come. And um, essentially, you know, obviously Haven doesn't really understand that. Like, oh, God, that would be so weird if she came. But then as they're leaving, which is the end of the first chapter, um, she's kind of like, oh, I, I realize now why she wanted her to come because it, it does just feel so weird to leave her behind. Like, it's such a sad image. Um, and like, they create such a, you know, Sarah Dustin creates like such a good visual of that, of kind of just imagining the mom just kind of being left at home while they go off in like their silly floofy bridesmaids dresses to go like celebrate their father's new life um speaking of 1996 yeah i like really and that's the thing we will be discussing uh the movie how to deal which takes both this novel and someone like you and kind of takes inspiration from both of them but that of course ended up coming out in the early the early aughts uh 2004 correct me if I'm wrong but I think 2004 is when that came out and man I really wish we could have gotten like a full not like the early aughts had good fashion but I wish we could have gotten like full-on 1996 bridesmaids dresses those you were so close 2003 2003 was off by a year good old 2003 Mandy Moore y'all can't wait to dive into that i'm excited i know i keep thinking i just watched how to deal last weekend and i like keep like you know making the connections from the books and the the book and the movie and i'm like oh my gosh yes um oh one thing i did also have underlined was um the sentence here she turned when she saw me wiping her brow with the ice pick still in hand making my heart jump as i imagined it slipping just a bit and taking out her eye um I was a very nervous kid and I can totally relate to this one moment. It's like, you're just constantly terrified. They're going to hurt themselves. And then they have something in their hand and you're like, just waiting for it. Um, That was relatable for me. Yeah. I also like, I have um, the second to last paragraph about, we kind of 
talking about like the nervous child, we also kind of understand Haven, which is a very common thing for teenage girls. Um, it's kind of not very body positive. Um, she's tall. She's tall. She's awkward. She's, you know, gangly. And there's a lot of discussion of her sister and like how petite she is and how like she feels like she looks good and everything. And Haven doesn't feel like she looks good and everything. Um, and again, I just like how that was set up, I think, very well. And it was set up and she's kind of talking about a dream. Um, I do feel like in a lot of young adult fiction, which I have read, it's like the girl goes to the mirror or like she goes to try and close. And like, that's how you can kind of like get her description. Like she has this color hair and she feels that she hates herself because like every teen girl does and they shouldn't, but they do. Um, And I loved this description of like, we don't get a full picture of her, but we kind of understand what she looks like. We kind of understand what Ashley looks like. And I just like the way that it's done. Um, That it's kind of just like, you know, she's been, she's so worried about her height that she's been dreaming about it, you know? So she can definitely tell she's a little anxious. Um, She's definitely, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, very, very nervous. Um, You know, she's a little awkward, which obviously most teenagers are. Um, But yeah, she's obviously been through a big upheaval in her life in the last year. And then I think it's like this growth is kind of also happening around the same time. And it's just kind Mm -hmm. of like a, a physical representation of how things are changing around here. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, this is just totally random, but on page five, um, I had the outfit that her mm. sister wore when she was a cheerleader that included saddle shoes. I just yeah. had to bring that up because love that like, saddle shoes. I love thing. that. I was like, oh, yeah, that's some nine. Yeah, that's another one. Like, in the first chapter, you have, like, a couple, like, the fact that her mom is listening to a tape, and then you have saddle shoes being mentioned. It's like, okay, yeah, this is, this book came out a little while ago. <laughs> saddle shoes. First of all, big up to saddle shoes. That's fantastic. Um, I feel like at, toward the end of the first chapter, obviously more beginning of second chapter, you get our first introduction to the weather pet uh lorna the soon-to-be stepmom um and then is stepmom throughout the the duration here um i really like uh yeah like obviously there's a little bit of making fun of her i feel like and the fact that she is like it's mentioned numerous times she's clearly a lot younger and you know she's only five years older than um you know, Ashley, and I feel like she's a bit naive and whatnot, but I like that it isn't like, because she's the other woman, um, I think it would have been easy to just like completely dismiss her. And I like the fact that like, you, you still kind of feel for her and, and like her, even if she is maybe not the brightest bulb um, in the bunch, but I I kind of like, I think she's an interesting character. I find that the father deciding to marry a 26-year-old to be slightly disturbing. And I don't know if that was disturbing disturbing. in 1996, but it is disturbing to me now because I'm like, maybe go to therapy instead of marrying a 26-year-old. I feel like it was probably frowned upon, but like not completely unexpected. Like it's the whole kind of trophy wife trope sort of thing. Um, so it's like, oh, you, you know, and, and obviously Haven obviously has some kind of feelings about it. Um, but yeah, I don't feel like, like now we'd be like, you're marrying, like, that's like a child bride. I mean, it isn't legally that person would be an adult, but it's like one step away from marrying a child bride. So it's definitely creepy and ooky. 
my feelings toward the father are kind of, yeah. I feel like I can find sympathies for pretty much most characters in this novel to at least a certain extent. And then there's the father and I'm like, I don't know, dude, like you married a 26 year old. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's like really. And on page eight, on page eight, they mentioned that the father and the weather pet were allowed to get married in a church. And I find that extremely interesting um, as a born. It's like a Baptist church, isn't it? Is that, is it specifically stated? I don't think so. Or if it is. But yeah, it's a church and there's a minister. And I find that like very sister and also like kind of shocking because, and I know obviously some religions kind of, and now for sure, like all religions are pretty okay with divorce, but like, I don't know, 96, like that's still like, this is, he had an affair with this person and she's 26 and they're getting married in a church. It's yeah. a little. I think in the Catholic church, you still have to like, like if you're divorced, you can't get remarried in a Catholic church. I'm like, yeah, already sure. But yeah, us Catholics, it's not like oh, I'm, we're strict. <laughs> yeah. It's not as like, um, you know, like back in the day, it was like straight up forbidden. Now I still don't think they're, yeah, like happy with you remarrying, but like they're like, well, isn't everyone getting divorced? It's fine. But yeah, I mean, Catholics definitely, it's a whole, it's a whole other shebang there. Um, but yeah, There's the fact a- that they got married in a church is a little weird. Yeah. There's also this line here that I find very interesting that kind of shows you what Lewis and Ashley's relationship is like slash how it was built. Um, it says, my my mother said Ashley missed our father and needed a protective figure. Lewis just came in at the right time. Yep. And it's like, that does make you, you know, as a 31-year-old, that's going to get married. And looking at this little 21-year-old, I'm like, I wonder if the underlying thing here is that she missed her dad and she needed a new man to take care of her. So she just got married. Yep. Yeah, you get kind of the feeling um, from Lewis's character that he's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like he's maybe a little controlling, but like, Mm -hmm. he's safe, like in her mind, like, yeah, like he's a protector. And she, you know, it stated early on that Ashley was definitely close to her father. Um, And I think it's very interesting that like, it's not really ever delved into um, as much, obviously, as it is with Ashley. But I kind of reckon that maybe Lorna, the weather pet, might have some daddy issues. And then Ashley, like, it's it's funny that he he probably married someone that had daddy issues. And then he created daddy issues for his own daughter. Um, but, yeah, it's it's 100% the case. And, and you can tell how much it kind of makes Haven sad. She mentions you know, these boyfriends and all these, and she's, you know, my sister was strong and independent and she was the one who was breaking up with people and she went through men. And then she finds this guy when they're, you know, she's obviously clearly going through something and he feels safe and he's kind of this protector. And, um, and she ends up being like, yep. And we're getting married. Cause it, again, this whole past that we know about the last year and a half, give or take, like they are getting married this summer and, they they haven't known each other that long and i cannot stress enough she is 21 yeah if any 21 year old is listening to this and you're considering getting married let me just give you a one piece of advice don't do it yet don't don't do it don't relax okay just just wait you don't know where your 20s are gonna take you you don't know if you're even gonna like that person in five years so just Mm -hmm. remember that 
twenties are they're they're good. Uh, I think that's what Sarah Dustin and, and Judy Bloomton prepare me for. Um, was how much coming of age you do in your twenties, and I think that you think that when you are twenty or twenty one in this case, um, you've got it figured out, and you don't. You're a baby no. still. Yeah, Calm down. An infant, a freaking infant. Date them uh, a little longer. See how yeah. you feel. Yeah. yeah. Do you even like boys? Think about that too. Yeah. Think about that. You know. <laughs> and also, if it's a her, date her a little longer. See mm-hmm. how you feel. In yeah. all in all scenarios. Oh my please, gosh. Let's don't get married. <laughs> I have a sidebar. I have these two neighbors, two young guys, 19 mm-hmm. and 21 years old. They've known each other for six months, and they are now married with three children, with three children, with three dogs, which is, is children for us gays. I was like, what? children? I was like, where did the children come from? <laughs> um, that No, that is, wait, you just said 19 and 20? 19 and 21. And they're married. Stop. They're Stop. married. I was like, when they told me that, I was like, oh my God, you know what? I actually can't hang out with you guys anymore. I'm so sorry. <laughs> First of all, your children. No. And second now that of all, I, know. <laughs> I feel like I'm witnessing a crime because you're both so young. Um, you still have teen in your age. Like, no, no, you stop. You can get out remember here. high school with perfect clarity. You're too young to get married. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. That's. Anyway, that's back, to back to Dessen. Back to Dessen. Back to our girl, Sarah. <laughs> oh, so we're, we're now at the wedding. Um, there are. Uh, again, we kind of enter, we get our first introduction to Lorna. She is getting her makeup done, but keeps crying through it. Um, and I kind of like, again, it almost seems like, which, you know, like the first sentence that sets up, like this wedding is going to happen today, but I kind of like, like by the end of chapter two, like we have wrapped it up, like this wedding has happened um because it almost feels like this should have been like the build-up like you're building up to this wedding um but I like the book ending like I like that we start at this wedding and we end at the other wedding um I think it's a really but, unique view we don't see a lot yeah and it's it's just I I felt like it's it's crazy to me that like here we are we're getting married and like this is we're just meeting like these people um but yeah, we just kind of, you know, she's she's getting her makeup done or wearing these um, god-awful dresses. I did really like um, the comparison. Again, they're having this kind of like big, fancy church wedding. And it's like, you know, the there was a whole write-up in the paper about it. Um, and then we kind of go on page 19, we kind of go and we talk a little bit about um, her parents' wedding, um, which was a lot more low-key. And it just kind of, again, it's another just little bit of an insight into who these people are, where they have been. Um, You kind of learn that apparently the mother's father disapproved and refused to attend the wedding. Um, So that's kind of another another daddy issue moment. Lots of daddy issues, like three generations of daddy issues going on here. Um, So that I also thought was kind of very telling. but then, yeah, and then I love this line, which is um, at the, the bottom of page 19. And she was like, my sister began to cry. And I knew it wasn't for the happiness of weddings, but for the finality of it all, of this, knowing that things would never go back to the way they were. And that, if that doesn't sum up exactly why it was the right call to start this book where it did, it's that. Because again, it's like, 
now I think they finally really get to grieve um, their parents' divorce. I think there was this weird hope, at least on Ashley's uh, end, that maybe, you know, maybe this wouldn't really happen. But they are now married. So it is. Yeah. it has happened. He has a second wife who's five years older than her. And... Um, um, yeah. I, I also want to mention before we wrap this chapter up is the relationship that Lorna has with uh, Charlie Baker, the yeah. uh, important local news anchor. Yes. That relationship creeped me out as well. And it makes me wonder if part of Lorna's story is that she gets sexualized by men frequently. I, I'm going to say yes. Um, yeah, that whole... Everything about this woman's relationships with men really just ooks me out. Um, it's and sad. they're just very groomy. Like the fact yes. that they keep being like important news anchor man, Charlie Baker. And yeah, like there's a, like I said, the write up in the paper about their relationship. And, and he walks her down the aisle again, daddy issues. Dad's clearly not anywhere in the picture. Um, I just think that that's really interesting. And also, Related but not related, Haven's weird like infatuation with her ears. <laughs> like, yes, so it's like such a and like I love the description like these little seashell ears. Um, but yeah, I think you know she kind of describes her. She's clearly pretty. She's yeah. clearly young. Um, she clearly has little seashell ears. And yeah, and I think a lot <laughs> of these older men at the news station um, take a little bit of an advantage of her, and that. Just makes me kind of sad for Lorna. I think she deserves yeah. better. Yeah, I agree. She deserves. She needs a couple girlfriends. Yes, one hundred percent. So yeah, that takes us to the end of chapter one. The first twenty pages done. Diving on into chapter two, I love. Well, kind of like we started the beginning of the novel, and also the. Um, first chapter i enjoyed this bit which is of all of ashley's boyfriends there are only a few that i can remember past the dates and events they represent um and i think that's very interesting again super younger sibling vibes and a, a good part of this story is kind of this infatuation that haven has with one of ashley's exes um and i will say as as someone who was a younger sibling there are definitely boyfriends that I liked more and that I liked less of my sisters. Um, and I just felt like this was done very well. Like kind of like some of them you're like, oh yeah, that person. There's other ones you're like, to this day, I have like fond memories. Like my sisters were both happily married. And, you know, obviously I love my brother-in-laws um, and they were meant to to be with the person they were meant to be with. Um yeah, like to this day, there's like certain boyfriends. I'm like, oh, like have like fun. I'm like, hope they're doing well wherever they are. Like have fun. And the other people, I'm like, I hope they rot in hell. <laughs> um, and so I just loved kind of this little, you know, she she touches on it a little bit in chapter one, the boyfriends and, you know, the string of boyfriends she had and the dating, the, you know, captain of the football team and all that kind of stuff. But um, we get to meet obviously are a little bit of a, a manic pixie dream boy here. I wrote the same thing. I was like, oh, he's a manic pixie dream boy. 100% he is. Um, 100%. So we get to meet uh, Sumner Lee, which I'm not going to lie. I forgot that he had an Alabama accent until I reread this recently. I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was like from Alabama. <laughs> um and then when I reread it a few weeks back, I was like, oh, that's never, I don't know, in my mind, 
it's not how I was picturing him. So that kind of changed my trajectory of how he was going a little bit. Um, we also get to meet that, that, you know, Volkswagen convertible, which is really what he brings to the table here. Um, but yeah, we get the, the infamous cheese story, which again, is so just like manic pixie dream boy, like that entire, yeah. <laughs> yep. entire bit. Um, yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on, on this Alabama manic pixie dream boy? Um, well, I'm also the youngest out of all my siblings. I don't have any memories of any of their significant others, except for the ones they're married to or no longer married to. Um, <laughs> speaking of getting married too young. Um, <laughs> but, you know, obviously I do have memories of like the, my brother-in-laws when we were younger and stuff. And, um, this is, this is a good description of like being the younger sibling and watching your older sibling date. Um, but yes, this manic pixie dream boy, she is putting so much onto him, um, mm-hmm. onto his memory, which comes up of course, later on, obviously. Um, yep. but <laughs> I mean, she writes a very charming man here. I was reading this yeah. and I was like, you know what? He sounds like a blast. He, um, he does sound like a blast. I'm like, yeah, I want to go down to Virginia beach with him. It sounds like a good time. Yeah. And typically I wouldn't want to go to Virginia beach. So it's like perfect. Same to be honest. Um, I also really like this. I really like all of her feelings about him, but I like this paragraph uh, in particular on page 26. He says, or she says, I'm sorry. Uh, he made her loosen up and laugh and enjoy stuff. She usually didn't like being with me when he was around. She was so nice to me, really nice. And it closed up that five-year gap that had been widening. Uh, <laughs> and it closed up that five-year gap that had been widening ever since she'd hit high school and stopped looking after stopped looking after me and started slamming doors in my face whenever I got too close to her. I feel like um, one thing that Haven is definitely struggling with um, in this book is the fact that Ashley is getting married and moving out and moving on. It is also, that also signifies a huge change. I remember my first, when my brother, my brother was the first one to get married. And I remember um, when I found out that he had gotten married, he eloped. Um, I remember being really sad just like, you know, I was 12, I think when he got married and, um, maybe 11 and yeah, I remember being like, wow, this is the dynamic just changed so quickly on me and mm-hmm. I wasn't even anticipating it. And it's nice that she at one point had this boyfriend that brought them closer together. And, um, that's definitely an added level of this. The reason why Hayden can't or Haven can't let him go. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think that's some of her, I mean, some of it is like this weird kind of, yeah, like I said, kind of rose-scented glasses version she has of him in her head. But I think a lot of it is because of the relationship that she had with her sister at the time. Like, that's the real key to all of this. And I loved, yeah, I loved when she's talking about that, like the five-year gap that had been winding. Because like there are certain times I literally that's the exact amount of gap that I have between me and my eldest sister. And there are certain times that five years feels like nothing. Like now it feels like nothing. Like now that we're adults. And I mean, she's like in a very different part in her life because like she has children and I don't. So like that part, I still can't relate to Um, like certain things that she goes through, but I feel like there's a lot 
like when we talk to each other that like we're on the same page about, you know, because like five years doesn't seem like that much. And when we were super little, like they, she talks about how uh, Haven talks about how her and Ashley had like, you know, basically they play with Barbies or whatever. Like when you're little, that five year age gap doesn't feel like that much. And that's exactly like I played Barbies with my sisters. And then at a certain point, you're the only one who wants to play Barbies anymore because that five-year age gap widens and your eldest sister and even my other sister were kind of past that phase in their life, which is how it's meant to be. But when you're the youngest sister, that's a very hard thing to grapple with. And I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, what I loved about this chapter and and her, you know, kind of memories of Sumner and whatever, um, and her memories with Sumner and Ashley is those are exactly the boyfriends that I liked too. Like when I got to come along to things, when they showed an interest in me as well and like talked to me and they weren't just like, hey, and then like went to like, you know, basically slam the door um, to go like hang out in my sister's room like without me. But it was like, hey, do you want to go to the mall with us or whatever? Again, this was the early 2000s, y'all. Um, we, <laughs> there was this thing called malls for all you children, for all you Gen Zers out there. We used to go to them sometimes. Um, and I'd be like, oh my God. I'm like, if I got to go, I thought it was so funny. Like this introduction of him and this like VW convertible that she talks about, because that was the thing. Like it was so cool when you got to go in your big sister's boyfriend's car. You're like, I'm yeah. being invited into his car. And like, that was, I don't know why, but like, I remember being like, they think I'm cool. Like, all right. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm included. Like it really felt like this inclusion that you got to go um, to the sure. point that I have like weird fond memories of one of my sister's ex-boyfriend's cars. Like, because we're just so weird. Like, I don't, I don't remember what kind of car it is. I know nothing about cars, but like, I can remember the car. Like I can picture it in my head. You know what I mean? So I just think that, yeah, like that feeling especially at the age of throughout that 15 to 21 and the fact that yeah like her sister is about to get married and it is like I feel like any big life event with my sisters like I kind of felt a little bit like that particularly because Megan being the eldest she um she not like necessarily the eldest child gets married first so we actually did get married in age order um in my family and so when Megan got married like it was super exciting and I was like oh my bridesmaid and whatever um But yeah, like there's like a little tinge of sadness to it because it's like, oh, our family isn't our family anymore. Like she's going to take a new name and she's going to build this family with him. And like, we're never going to be the curl girls anymore. And like, that's kind of sad. And yeah, and even like when my, my middle sister ended up being the first one to have a kid and I was super, super stoked because I would like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with all my nieces and nephews like so much. Um, but I remember I was at work. I was working at Applebee's in Gainesville, Florida. And the picture came in and he was like, perfect. Like he was like this perfect little angel baby because like, you know, like it's your nephew. So of course you love them. But I just went to the bathroom and I burst into tears because it was just like all these overwhelming feelings. Like, oh my God, like my sister is a real adult with a baby. Like she has her own family now. Like we are not our family anymore, you know? And I think that's like 100% what Haven is grappling with. And I was much older. Like I was, I think in my early twenties. Yeah. How old was I? How old is Luke? (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, so I was like in my twenties and that was a struggle for me. So I cannot imagine being 15 and like grappling with like, oh, my sister is like abandoning me. I mean, she isn't obviously, but like, that's like kind of how she feels, you know? So Mm -hmm. I was chapter two. We're getting deep (laughs) y'all. I, um, I was in my sisters. My sisters are 15 and 13 years older than me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're, like we never had a time where we were 
close. Like close. Yeah. You know, we never had like, we didn't play Barbies because, you know, they were, my sister was 15 by the time I was. Yeah. Like they were like Um, way past that stage. (laughs) Yeah. Like I barely lived with my oldest sister, to be honest. Um, Oh yeah. So when they had kids, um, so my first niece, my brother, my brother was the first one to have a kid. Um, I was 13 and yeah, I remember like, so my first brother got married when I was like, I want to say like 11. I don't know. And then my, my niece was born to my other brother, um, when I was 13. So it was a big, that was a lots of big things happening when you're 13. And, um, yeah, I remember kind of having the same like feelings like, well, actually, to be honest, like, I think it's different when your brother has a baby versus you don't have any brothers. No. So I think it's a different dynamic when a brother has a baby versus sure. Um, because I remember when my niece was born, she's almost 18. Insane. Oh my God. But anyway, when that little cherub was born, I, um, (laughs) I was just like, so overwhelmed with like love and, like it was like the coolest feeling ever. And to do that when you're 13, it was just like, Oh my gosh, this is the best. Um, yeah, but then when, I feel then like, my, yeah, I, I wonder, I feel like it would be like, it shouldn't be, but I feel like it would be different if I like had a brother and he like had a kid than like my sister. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's just like a different dynamic. Like it's like, yeah. Plus he had a girl. So it was kind of like, Oh, one of us, you know? Right. Like, um, but yeah, when, now they're all married and well, I mean, they all have kids now and um, yeah, it's a totally different vibe. Like, you know, you're not this one unit anymore. You're all broken up into your own units. Like, yeah. All these little baby units. Yeah. Even like myself getting married, I was like very excited, but like a little like weirdly melancholy because I was like, I'm like not like you like feel like you're abandoning your family and you're not like you're just like growing your family but like you feel a little bit like you're abandoning your family I know it makes you feel weird I'm having the hardest time with the idea that my initials are gonna change yeah I can't deal with it I'm like like it's very it's a very it's strange which like obviously also like you know I wanted to change my name like I didn't have to like y'all do what you want to do um but yeah like that was something I very much wanted to do but it was like weird. <laughs> like it's just yeah. very like like yeah. I like forget what my name is sometimes. It's like an it's like a weird identity crisis. <laughs> it, is, it is. It like, is. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. I know. I'd like so. a book from Ashley's point of view. To be honest. Yes, Sarah Dessen. If you're listening, I'm sure you are actually a friend of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our good friend Sarah. Our good friend Sarah. Retro <laughs> retrospect. I think that would be really fascinating. Which kind of. She's sort of delved into a little bit in other novels, like kind of seeing things from other people's points of views. And I would love, because again, like I really don't remember relating to Ashley that much back in the day when I read this. And now I like really, mm-hmm. I vibe with her. I vibe with her a lot more than I used to. Definitely. Anyway, back to chapter two. Um, back to chapter two. There's one line, uh, trying like getting like an, I kind of had a hard time understanding exactly what the father is like as a person because the, you know, like every single description I hear of him, I find him to be like a sleazy shitbag, to be yeah. honest. I don't know if we're going to curse on this podcast, but 
shitbag say and one line that uh here it's like we'll be glad to have you in the family my father said with his smooth drinking tongue and i'm like yeah what is going on with this guy i'm he is just not yeah he's not very likable he is not very and then they talk yeah earlier about like you know he's growing out his hair like he just is 100% going through a midlife crisis and instead of marrying a 26 year old like you said like he should have gone to therapy if you take anything away from this first episode of this uh, podcast everyone please let it be don't get married too young (laughs) and instead of like making terrible rash decisions like look into therapy things also if those are if you have a younger sister invite her out with you and your boyfriend yeah, it means a lot. Years later, when she is a grown adult woman, she clearly will still have fond memories of it. Yes, literally. I used to call my sister and her uh, now husband, Nick Lachey and Jessica Simpson, before the divorce. Um, but, yeah, clearly. And I just, I really thought that they, like, were that cool. I was like, you guys are that cool and that good looking. I well, love, yeah, I had, like, a, sometimes I think, because now that my eldest sister's been married for a decade, crazy um i look back to like the dating days of her and like my brother-in-law and it's just like really funny like the things like we have like this like little nickname for him and, like the little thing and it's like oh how weird like but yeah i have very fond memories of that um so yeah take your take your little sister out with you and your boyfriend okay y'all it's important mm-hmm. it's bonding time oh also another funny line um that just brings about 1996 is after um I don't know what's going on here, but they're talking about, I think this is right around the time they got divorced. Um, They're talking about when her mom started learning how to garden. And it says that not two weekends later, my mother was in the yard with a rented road. I don't know what the hell that is. Rototiller. Oh yes. A rented rototiller and a stack of books on gardening. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's, that is 1996. 100%. Uh, but then it continues, and it actually has this really beautiful description um, of their mother building this garden, hmm. and you know, such a like a gorgeous, like magical place from such a deep, deep pain and sadness that you knew that she was, you know, going through. For her right. to create something so beautiful from that is just like. That really stuck with me for the entirety of the reading. I was like, that's... And then it it compares the father who just, like, got his hair done and married some young girl. And I was like, that's a very interesting comparison. Um, yep. Yeah, I think mom is dealing, um, you know, with her crisis in a much more healthy garden, everyone. Um, don't... Don't... Uh, don't marry a 26 year old. I think that's the, um, the, the real, you know, but no, I do love, I love that. And I, I love, I mean, I know it's like probably cliche to be like, Oh, I love that. Like through pain, something beautiful happened, but like I do. And again, like there's so much talk about, you know, we're only a couple of chapters in and there's so much talk about growth. And I think like, again, how actual uh, physically for Haven, like she is growing, but like metaphorically, she's, you know, kind of growing through this uh, pain. And and again, like a garden, it grows and whatever. And I just think that that is kind of beautiful. And I, I, you know, I don't care that it's cliche. 
I think that's beautiful. To me, it like uh, it's like a metaphor for her like growing strength. It's like it, yeah. it's like she was you know torn down at the end of this divorce, and the the process of making the garden also built her strength back up and made her more independent again. Um, yeah, because we're now starting to see um, her her independence coming through, like all of her time she spends with her neighbor Lydia. Um, mm -hmm. and then the potential trip to Europe, um, you know, it's like, she's finding herself. Yeah. Whereas... No, 100%. And I think that that's, that's very lovely. Yes. And also just like makes me, you know, like oddly hopeful because again, I think it's never really mentioned exactly how old her parents were when they were married, but like clearly she was in this relationship for a long time. And, and I think that she never, like a lot of people probably of, um, you know, like our parents' generation, um, they kind of went straight from high school into marrying someone. And you never got that kind of, come, like I said, second coming of age in your 20s where you found yourself and whatever. And so it, it makes me kind of happy to see that, you know, like it's, it's never too late, I guess, kind of that. Yeah. Um, her mom clearly went through, I think, a lot of years of, like, not knowing herself. And now through gardening and, and through this divorce, she's actually going to kind of, you know, and, and from a nice female friend and, again, potential for travel and whatever, she's kind of really coming into her own and flourishing. Another beautiful female friendship that we have there in this book is the mom and Lydia. They have, like, a very, yes. like, they're obviously each other's rock. They're both going through something and oh yeah also, I like how Lydia at some point I don't know if we've passed it or not but she's described as having a Florida accent and I cannot even begin to imagine what the hell a Florida accent sounds like same I mean again and the more north you go in Florida the more southern it gets there are certain parts like in the panhandle that I think have a distinct accent um but overall, I don't think of the state of Florida as having an accent. I joke around often as someone who is a sixth-generation Floridian um, and is told all the time that I sound like I have an accent from somewhere. Um, and I go, I think it was just all the Amy Sherman Palladino I watched growing up. I talk real fast. Um, yeah. But yeah, exactly. I, you know, I joke around that it's... Uh, I, I think maybe that's the Florida accent. I, t I take a little bit of, of everyone else's accents into my own. And that's, but no, I don't think I have a distinct accent. But I, when, I was, when I was growing up, I was obsessed with the South and obsessed with people from the South. I, I like romanticized the South in my head when I was growing <laughs> up in a big way. And you know why? Probably because of this, Sarah Dessin. Yeah, and then, because of this kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah I think it's like easy to kind of, romanticize the South. I mean, it's lots of bad things happened, but yeah. lots of bad things happened everywhere in our country. But, but yeah, I think when you read like that, we're kind of talking, you know, skipping over the italicized portion of this book, but like reading that, I was like, yeah, if that isn't my childhood, like growing up that kind of like, I don't know, like the way just thinking about like a thunderstorm rolling in on like an afternoon or something like that. And it's like, it sucks actually living through it day to day, but it's very easy yeah. to like romanticize it and like idealize it. Like, oh. Rainy season in Florida is actually torture and extremely yeah, inconvenient. Really <laughs> but... terrible. 10 out of 10 would not recommend. But when I read stories about it, I'm like, wow, yeah. 
How poetic. How beautiful. And when you don't think to, well, when I was growing up, I didn't know shit about the history of anything really. You know, I knew slavery existed and the South wanted it to continue, but that's pretty much it. Now as an adult, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, the South has so much. Yeah. Thinking about like plantations and stuff like that now, you're like, ooh, awkward. But back in the day, I would like, we would drive, you know, through like historic wherever, like in North Carolina or South Carolina, I'd be like, ooh, pretty. And now I'm like, ah. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, plantation weddings. And now I'm like, oh my God, plantation <laughs> weddings. What the hell are you doing? What's wrong? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, mm. Uh, big yikes, but big yikes. but yeah, I mean, you know, some parts of the South are very nice. <laughs> there, I, there are nice parts everywhere in the world, y'all. Um, I say, as I say, y'all, Cheerwine yeah. is great. And North Carolina did give us cookout. So bless the good state of North Carolina for that. The sun is setting here on this North Carolina beach, and it is time to pack up your cooler and roll those towels and go home. Get Join us. on. Uh, yeah, go go home and, and try not to track sand everywhere. You probably will, no matter how much you sand outside and try to shake your sandals off. Um, you will be tracking some sand in. Um, and enjoy those little, little bits of sand. And let them keep you company until we uh, saddle in to the rest of the, the book um, next next time on, on Hate Spinnerbait. Keep hating Spinnerbait. We'll keep see spinnerbait, keep loving us and Sarah Dessen and follow us on Instagram and rate our podcast. Thanks. Like that's important. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> also, yeah, thank you. Also, thank you.